Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. All right, welcome in after the Red Sox pick up a win today, 7-2 over the Milwaukee Brewers. They moved to 51-52 and on the season. They're now three and a half games back of that final wild card spot in the American League. And I'm sure by now you heard the news, unfortunately. Bill Russell passed away today at the age of 88. The Red Sox before the game had a moment of silence for Bill Russell. And just an incredible member of the Celtics and the community in general, of course, as we all know, an activist. He was an incredible guy on and off the court. And you just think about the resume is absolutely ridiculous. What Bill Russell did as a member of the Celtics, 11-time champion, 5-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA first team, eight-time second team. He was all... He was on the all-defensive team the first year it came out in 68-69. Remember, that was the first year they had it. He would have been on it every time. Four-time rebounding champ. Just an incredible career. And this is my favorite one. By the way, two-time champion at the collegiate level as well, of course, with San Francisco. Here's the biggest one to me that stuck out. I had never heard of this stat before today. I did not know this was a thing. He was 21-0. and in winner-take-all games, going back to his collegiate career and then, of course, in the NBA. He never lost a winner-take-all game. That is just a fascinating number. Incredible. Like I almost thought it was a misprint that everybody starts tweeting it out. You see it from all these people that follow this stuff in terms of the statistics and the career arcs of these guys. The fact that he never lost an elimination game is just absolutely ridiculous to me. So we will get into the Red Sox, but if you do want to react to Bill Russell today passing away at the age of 88. Certainly can at 617-779-7937. And I would urge you to go back and listen today. I'm sure it'll be posted at some point today via podcast on the WEI website. Bob Ryan stopped by the booth with Will Fleming and Rob Bradford. He had absolutely incredible stories about Bill Russell, his time in the league, and really funny stories about Bill Russell and (laughs) Bob Ryan was really good at the broadcast, too. He was really getting into the Sox game in today's game. He got into everything. He t- started talking about Bogarts, Endeavors, and the contracts with those guys. It was a very entertaining inning that he spent with both Will Fleming and Rob Bradford. Those guys did an outstanding job with it. But somebody that knows a lot about Bill Russell, Bob Ryan, maybe more than anybody else in this town, I would certainly urge you to go back and listen to that. So we do need to get to the Red Sox, though, because we're taking you up until 6 o'clock, and it's a... Unbelievable time for this team, considering everything that has transpired over the past couple of weeks to get to this point and to play so poorly in the month of July that the Red Sox right now, it appears they're more sellers than they are buyers. And the reason I bring that up is J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez today, of course, with a couple of hits, a huge one to give the Red Sox the lead for good. And it feels like now we're at a point where the Red Sox and J.D. Martinez may be parting ways in a couple of days here. Not like J.D.'s leaving the team, but the Red Sox may decide in the coming hours here to trade J.D. Martinez. A lot of teams are in on him. The Dodgers need a D.H. They need somebody to hit from the right side, I should say. The Mets need a D.H. that can hit from the right side. So a lot of these contenders are going to be coming calling about J.D. Martinez. And look, I've outlined over the past couple of weeks how J.D. since the month of June has not been hitting today. Phenomenal game from J.D. Martinez. Huge hits. We would all acknowledge that. And now you look at where this team's at, 
and J.D. Martinez, the fact that he's a free agent at the end of the season, the Red Sox have put themselves in an absolutely horrific position in terms of where they're at in the standings. I get it's three and a half games, but this is a decision that now the front office needs to determine because of where this team's at and what they haven't shown the organization. Now, I put a lot of that on Bloom, the reason the team is where it is, but they're 8-19 in July, and now we've gotten to a point where the Red Sox look more like sellers than buyers. And when I look at where J.D. Martinez is at right now, before we get into J.D. and the rumors and all that, I just want to point out like how good this guy's been for the organization. J.D. Martinez has been absolutely phenomenal. And another thing I mentioned, you knew this is what I continue to harp on with Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski knows what he wants. He goes out, he identifies the player, and he brings him in. This organization, the Red Sox, for a year, there was a massive hole in the middle of the lineup. We would all acknowledge that, right? I mean, think about what happened. David Ortiz retired, and the Red Sox didn't know what they were going to do in the middle of the lineup. At times, they were hitting Mookie Betts cleanup. That was not a good idea whatsoever. Nothing against Mookie, but he's way better at the top of the order, and it didn't make sense, right? So then, after J.D. Martinez is incredible for the Tigers, he gets traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks, has an absolutely incredible run for that team to get them into the postseason. Him and Paul Goldschmidt, that was a really good team. At that particular point, after the season, J.D. Martinez, a free agent, Dave Dombrowski realizes, I need to get a power hitter. I need somebody in the middle of the lineup. And it's not a coincidence that the year that the Red Sox signed J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts has a better season, his best season ever. He's the MVP of the American League with that protection in the middle of the lineup in J.D. Martinez. And J.D. Martinez and this Red Sox team win the most games they ever have in the history of the organization. And if you look back at his time here, J.D. Martinez, what he's meant to this team and how he has fulfilled the contract and then some, J.D. Martinez, since signing with the Red Sox prior to the 18 season, 295 batting average, that's 12th of 293 qualifiers, 901 OPS, that's 11th, 667 hits, that's 9th, 158 doubles, that's 6th, 123 home runs, that is 16th during that stretch. So J.D. Martinez has been downright incredible for this team and it just feels unfortunate right now that this team is in a position where it does seem the best thing to do for the long-term stability of the organization if you will is get something in return from jd martinez because the team is not going to re-sign him after the season this is where the red Sox are at right now now a lot of that i put on high and bloom and the front office for not doing a better job building a team that had an opportunity to go for it and win a World Series in the offseason. They didn't do nearly enough, and now you find yourself in this spot. But now you think back to that 18 situation with the Red Sox. Mookie Betts gone. Andrew Benintendi gone. J.D. Martinez could be gone as early as a couple of hours from now. You could have Christian Vasquez on the move as well, and Nathan Evaldi could be on the move. All those guys that were here. All that could be left after the trading deadline are Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, Ryan Brazier, and Matt Barnes. Everybody else could be gone from that team. And it just felt like you could have got more from that unit together. You could have gotten more from that group. I never felt like it should have been a panic after the 19th season where they just had an off year. I just felt like they left meat on the bone with this group of players. All right, before we go any further, let's hear from the manager, Alex Cora. It was good. <laughs> you know, uh... We know about the contact, and we have to make plays behind him. Um, that pick 
think gave us uh, kind of like momentum, right? Uh, you know, first and second, two out, and McCutcheon up, and, you know, great heads-up play for everybody, and we got the out and then got us going, you know. Uh, his stuff was okay. Like, we talk, you know, like, for him to be, go deep into the games, he has to be efficient, you know. It's not about strikeouts, it's about getting quick outs, and he had a few ground balls, and we did a good job behind him. On that subject, you like I always said, you know, you play defense at this level and you're going to have a chance to win. And uh, we did a good job today. Um, the bats, you know, we put some good at bats. We used the whole field today. We ran the base as well. Yolmer with the sack fly. Jackie with two, uh, two outs uh, hits, you know, so all around uh, a really good game. Just a matter of time, you know, like he he's relentless. We know that. And, uh, you know, yesterday the sack fly, today the first at bat, he hits the ball in the air. And, um, you know, he, he puts on good at bats. And uh, one thing about him, regardless of what's going on, 0 for 22 or 10 for 22, he, he has this uh, way of detaching the, the, the result from the process. You know, he makes an out, he turns the page. He hits a homer, he turns the page. And uh, he put some good swings on it. Uh, you know, hitting the ball to right field, that's when he was really hot early on. And then, you know, since yesterday, he's been able to stay inside the ball, get some pitches, and hit it in the air and to right. So hopefully it's just at the beginning of something great. You preferred at various points to the last dance, you know, kind of the awareness of the possibility of change. Most of that was focused on the end of this. The trade deadline really exciting. How much do you see guys being on the air? You know, guys who've been here a long time. There were, they are. You know, and we joke around. We joke. I mean, like when I play, we used to joke around too, and that's what keeps keeps it loose in the in the clubhouse. You know, and uh, one thing for sure, nothing has changed as far as like preparation and going about the game the right way. Uh, sometimes it doesn't look great. But, you know, we we're very proud of the group and how we have, you know, stayed the course. You know, it was a tough month, uh, a very tough month. Uh, you know, it started in, in Toronto that Friday in Chicago. But you know what? We finished uh, the month on a, on a positive note. We know we got a tough opponent coming up, Houston. But uh, sometimes that's what we need. You know, a team that we know that, uh, you know, they did what they did last year to us. And uh, we did what they we did to them in the past. And. Just go out there and battle, you know, win the series and keep moving forward. Just a functional question. Uh, we didn't ask you before the game. Barnes, Walker, or they both going to be on the on the on the trip. They're going to be with us. They're flying with us. Yeah. Yeah. You expect Barnes to be active? We'll talk about it. Yeah. I haven't seen uh, the front office yet. Yeah. Got the kids running on the bases. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was Alex Cora after the game. If you want to react to anything the manager said, you certainly can at 617-779-7937. I thought that was interesting what he said about the guys. We joke around about it. I mean, how could you not? You got all these guys that have been together for so long, the Vasquez's, the JD's, the Nathan Evaldi's, and they obviously said Bogarts isn't going anywhere. But Bogarts, Endeavors, the core of this team, the core of this group for the past four to five years, and they're sitting here. These guys are World Series champions, and all they're hearing about Vasquez, Nate and J.D. Martinez is, are you going to get traded or not? That's all they're hearing about right now. And we'll see. Evaldi's got an outing tomorrow. The velocity's been down significantly since he got injured in that series against the Angels, and he hasn't been the same guy since. But if his velocity's up, that guy's going to be a major chip that Bloom can use at his disposal if he wants to get young talent into the organization because the reality is 
all these teams are looking for pitching. And Nathan Avaldi, if he looks like the guy he did previous to the injury, a lot of teams are going to come calling about Nathan Avaldi. It's a huge start in a lot of different ways for Nathan Avaldi coming up in Houston for a multitude of reasons because of is he going to get moved? Is he not going to get moved? I just feel like we're in a position right now, and I understand the angle of selling. This sucks right now. It really does that the Red Sox are in this situation where they've had all these star players, all these studs here, and we're at a point where this team may need to sell, and it may be what's in the best interest of the long-term sustainability of the organization in terms of building a winning ball club by getting something in return for Vasquez, getting something in return for J.D. and Nathan Evaldi, and I just hate that we're here. I understand the argument, and we're going to get into the trading deadline over the next two days, and we'll get into what you can get back for Vasquez and J.D. in the next couple of days as the trading deadline is really close at this particular point in time, August the 2nd. But it just sucks. I'm just pissed off that we're actually here, that we're actually in a position that the team has played so poorly in the month of July, the team's roster was not nearly good enough entering the season in terms of some of the moves you didn't make in the offseason to the point where we're here, to the point that the Red Sox have to be sellers when they had such a great core group of players. And I just look at a couple of different things, and I know I've talked about the Mookie trade a lot, but the Mookie trade and the Andrew Benintendi trade, those trades did nothing to help these guys, to help this group, okay? I understand De La Rosa Grady may be good long-term. Verdugo's a fine player, but it's a significant, a massive, a crater in terms of the difference between him and Mookie Betts. So I understand the idea of building a long-term sustainable winner, but what really irritates me and what really aggravates me is you didn't do really nothing to help the big league club when you sent those guys away. Verdugo, great, but other than that, who has come back from the Mookie or the Benintendi trades that has helped this group, that has helped this group that won a World Series in 2018? These guys were the best team in Major League Baseball, and you haven't done enough to help this core group. All you've done is take away from the core, and that's what pisses me off about today. I'm watching J.D. Martinez, and it sucks that that could be his last game ever at Fenway Park. I would have liked his last season to be an opportunity to make another run, and this team had enough pieces to make a run if you just added to it. They didn't do enough this year. They haven't gotten enough out of these returns in terms of these guys that they have sent away And it just sucks. I mean, watching that thing at the All-Star game, you got the five guys that are in the All-Star game. Two of them are on different teams now. We could have that picture next year where three of them are on different teams. And it's just Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers. Heck, it may be four. Xander's opting out of his contract unless you get something done, done there. He could be on another team. And we could be looking at that picture. And it's just Raffy with those guys. I mean, that's where we could be at in a, what, less than a year from now. 11 months from now, that's what we could be watching. And that really pisses me off. It really irritates me. The whole idea is to build up within your system and all that. I get it. But you did it before. Like, this organization did it. They had studs all over the place. It was the best team in baseball by a wide margin in 18. Nobody was close to them. They kicked the Dodgers' ass in five games. They kicked the Astros' ass in five games. They kicked the Yankees' ass in four games. And Chris Sale barely pitched in the postseason. And now we're here. Now we're here. In terms of, is J.D. Martinez going to the Mets or the Dodgers? I hate it. I hate that we're at this point. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you. If you want to weigh in on the trading deadline, J.D. Martinez, what he's meant to the organization, all that on the table. We'll get you a trending update, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on EI. Fresh and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. 
All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The sad news today, Bill Russell, the all-time great, passed away at the age of 88. He was an 11-time NBA champion as a player, 5-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, All-NBA first team three times, All-NBA second time eight times, 4-time rebounding champ. And remember, he was 21-0 in winner-take-all games. That is absolutely incredible. I still cannot believe that is true. 21-0 in winner-take-all games. Meanwhile, the Red Sox won a game this afternoon, 7-2 over the Milwaukee Brewers. Josh Winkowski, five innings, gives up two earned runs. The bullpen was pretty much perfect in this one. Whitlock, Davis, and Schreiber combined to finish out the rest of the game. Four innings, no runs. They did not give up. uh, They gave up just four hits out of the bullpen. Meanwhile, J.D. Martinez in his last game maybe ever in a Red Sox uniform goes two for four. He drove in the would-be go-ahead run, and the Red Sox would go on to win, of course, by five runs. Xander Bogarts, outstanding afternoon once again for him. Bogarts, two for five. And how about Christian Arroyo? (laughs) He's two for two today. He had three hits yesterday. The guy's just off the injured list. He's absolutely raking. Jackie Bradley Jr. goes two for four. Jackie's hitting north of 290. At home. Incredible what Jackie Bradley Jr., if you look at his splits, but he has been tremendous at home. Another good afternoon for Jackie Bradley. And if you look at the Red Sox, J.D. Martinez, two doubles. Vasquez, a double. Bogart's a double. Bradley, two doubles. Verdugo, a double. It was crazy how many doubles this team was hitting. All right, well, the Sox will head to Houston to play the best team in Major League Baseball, in my opinion, okay? Yeah, they're better than the Yankees. Stop it, okay? I'm not not entertaining the Yankees being better than the Astros. They'll open up a three-game series tomorrow night in Houston. 7 o'clock for his pitch across the Shaw's and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network. And then it's going to be a 7 o'clock pregame. You can tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at MA.com. So remember, Central Time Zone, 8 o'clock first pitch with Will and Bradfoe. And then it's a 7 o'clock pregame tomorrow. So remember that. you got to stay up late. Get to bed early tonight, okay, people? And by the way, Nate Evaldi's on the mound tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. This is Red Sox Review on WEI. Well, J.D., there was a stretch of four straight run-scoring doubles. In fact, you guys had seven straight Red Sox hits, ended up being doubles. How satisfying is it to see that from this team and put up a crooked number there in the fifth? Uh, it's big. You know, uh, we've been grinding lately, and, uh, you know, to come out that inning for us to get those runs, uh, it was huge. You know, it set the pace for the game. Except for the tempo, we were able to take momentum back in ours, and, you know, our bullpen came in and pretty much locked it up. Talk about grinding lately. Back spasms kind of has slowed your availability at times. You're always tweaking, tinkering, and critiquing your swing. You go two for four with two doubles. How do you analyze where you are right now offensively? Um, you know, I just keep building. Um, you know, I've that time off kind of really hurt me. You know, kind of messed me up a little bit. Uh, you know, between the All Star game and that. Uh, but you know, it's not an excuse. Uh, just got to come back and continue to build and. You know, take one day at a time, you know, build off today and continue to work on what I did. I felt better today um, and just carry it into tomorrow. This is that time of year where the business of baseball really gets highlighted with the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. You made some really poignant comments to the Boston Globe's Julian McWilliams. What are your expectations for the next 48 hours? I don't know. I'm just worried about, you know, who we're going to be facing in Houston and getting ready for that series, honestly. Um, everything else I leave up to Heim and leave up to the front office guys. I can't control it. or There's no point in worrying about it. With that said, if this is your last home series as a member of the Red Sox, what are your impressions you'd like fans to know about J.D. Martinez? Uh, I appreciate everything. I appreciate, you know, the love. Um, 
just the constant energy every time you come in here. Um, you know, it's something I'll, if I do get traded, it's something I'm definitely going to miss and I admire it. You know, these fans are as hard on me as I am on myself and, you know, I appreciate everything. Well, J.D., I hope this isn't the end. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wow. It's crazy, man. That was J.D. Martinez after the game. By the way, he also said this, Jen McCaffrey of The Athletic had this one. J.D. Martinez on trade rumors surrounding him, quote, I want to make this as hard on Heim as possible. <laughs> I love that, man. It sucks that we're at this point with this team. I felt like there was so much promise after what this team did last year, and for them to be in this spot, it's on the front office that we're here, that we have to contemplate trading J.D. Martinez, and this, this team is not even close to being in the hunt in the American League East. It's because of Heimblum. There's no way around it. He did not put together a good enough team. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Dominic in Brockton. What's up, Dominic? Uh, hey, guys. Um, I was just uh, – so I just came back from my first Red Sox game. It was my birthday. Nice. Uh, so entering the trade decline on August 2nd, I think he mm – -hmm. I mean, I think he – it's time to let him trade, trade him to the Mets because you could get Dominic Smith and you need a first baseman because you can't have Frankie Cordero or Bobby Dahlbeck at first base, even though Bobby Dahlbeck <laughs> had a great defensive game today. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Dominic. It's been a bad situation at first. Appreciate the call, man. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. He makes a good point. <laughs> They definitely need a major league first baseman. Although Dominic Smith is not the guy I want. He's not been good for a while. He's quite frankly, he's never really been that good. But I understand his point. It's infuriating watching a situation where you don't have a major league first baseman game after game after game. It's been a massive issue for this team all season. It, that comes back to the whole thing. Bloom came into the season where the roster wasn't nearly good enough. It's a storyline with this team. Let's get to Wally. He's in Fall River. Wally. What's up, Brian? It's going to be very interesting and intriguing the next 48 hours. Uh, Luis Castillo got mo uh, moved from the Reds to Seattle. Seattle gave up a lot for this guy, Brian. Oh, yeah. He's good, but he's no, you know, he, he's not a really great pitcher, but they gave up a lot. Now, as far as the Red Sox, uh, I got a scoop behind Bloom. Uh, he likes injured players or players that can get cheap. Jock Peterson, he's on a concussion list. He's got 17 bombs and 45 RBIs. You could get him him cheap. I mean, as far as J.D., uh, with the Dodgers, we got Hoodwinkler and Mookie. Mookie. Everybody knows that. Uh, but maybe you could offer Evaldi and J.D. for Gavin Lux. I mean, this kid's still young. Uh, the Dodgers have a you know an overabundance of talent in the infield and outfield. Maybe you could squeeze him out of the Dodgers. But we've had a lousy July. We had a lousy homestand. So uh, it's going to be tough, Brian, no matter what he does. But who knows what's in that mind of his. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't know what he's thinking half the time. I appreciate the What do you think about he... Gavin Lux? I don't think they'll be able to get Gavin Lux. No? No, not for Avaldi and for J.D. Martinez. I don't see that being... A realistic possibility for the Red Sox. I mean, I would love Gavin Lux, but I don't see that happening. Appreciate the call, Wally. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. I, I, I couldn't imagine them giving up Gavin Lux for that, for a couple of rentals. And you look at Evaldi right now, it's really, and I mentioned this briefly earlier, is it's a really important start for him tomorrow on 
multiple levels. If the Red Sox are going to try to stay competitive, they need a good Nate Evaldi. That's the first part of it, right? Because the Evaldi we've seen since he came off the injured list, that guy's a non-entity. Evaldi's been absolutely atrocious since coming back from the injury. And look, I equate that to he's battling through something right now. I acknowledge that. That's part of the reason that Evaldi's been struggling. But the velocity has been down significantly ever since he came off the injured list at his last start prior to going on the injured list. So it's definitely a massive concern for this team in terms of, okay, well, if we are going to make, if we're going to try to make a run, the version of Nathan Evaldi we've been getting lately, well, that guy is not going to help us stay competitive. And then on the flip side of that, well, if you decide, okay, we're definitely going to be complete sellers, we're going to move JD, we're going to move Nate, what is the market going to be like from Nate Evaldi if the velocity is down tomorrow? Like, I look at after JD had a couple of nice swings today, his numbers have not been good since the start of June, but a team is definitely going to try to trade for JD Martinez. We already know the Mets and the Dodgers are going to be in on him. But with Evaldi, teams may be more concerned about that just because of the fact that if his velocity is down, he's not going to be able to be effective. I mean, you look at Nate last time out, he threw more splitters than fastballs because he has no confidence in the fastball whatsoever. So if Nate Evaldi's not good tomorrow and the velocity's down significantly again, the Red Sox have a massive issue because you're not going to really be able to get anything in return for Evaldi, and he's not going to be helping this team. You look at Evaldi, his last three starts, he has an ERA of 11.08, 16 earns a 2.08 whip, and 23 hits a 365 opponent's batting average. That guy cannot be traded to a contender if we see that version of Nathan Evaldi because then a team is just making the bet that eventually he's going to figure out and turn it around. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Jeff in Watertown. Jeff, what's up, man? Hey, Brian, how you doing? You know, you're really killing it this week. Um, I, you know, I, I can't agree with you more. And I, I think this, what a stupid year. Like, this is what I keep coming back to. From the trade deadline last year, I just felt like I felt like last year, Bloom didn't value the season. He didn't understand what it meant to be in the position he was in at the, you know, at the all-star break where you're in first place. You know, he, he cheapens out. He does minimal, you know, the team goes into a slump. Alex Corey gets them out of it, and then, and then he takes credit for it. Um, you know, says, oh, you know, we did better than we thought. Well, you know, not better than yeah. a lot of us thought. Uh, you know, that just really bothered me. And then, you know, his comments last week about what keeps him up at night is like, you know, the third, the third round pick was undervalued or so, as opposed to like beating the Yankees. Like, I mean, that should be what keeps you up at night is, you oh, know, yeah, Jeff. Throwing dirt in your yeah. face. Yeah, and, Jeff, you know so, I mean? Jeff, hold on one sec, just so everybody's clear yeah. on that. So Jeff's referring to the comment of Bloom. he was asked about missing Kyle Schwarber, and his answer was, it right. keeps him up more at night when he misses on under-the-radar guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not what yeah. you want to hear from the guy running the Boston Red Sox. I'm sorry, nobody no, wants to hear that. Day. That's a small market, and this goes back to, you know, for, for those of us who've been around a while, you know, we remember when the Red Sox used to tell us they were a small market team. And John Henry, uh, you know, proved that we were a big market team. And then even he, you know, makes those comments. I, I've, I've def, you know, defended him for 20 years. And then he makes the comments about, well, it makes, takes two to make a deal. Well, you know, when you offer, you know, John Lester $70 million, that's not, that's not making an offer. That's not right. trying to make a deal. When you, when you insult Xander Bogarts, that, that's, that's an anti-offer. When you, you know, oh, we'll give you $30 million more and, uh, you know, spread out over time. You'll make less than Trevor Strait. That's an insult. That's, that's not, that's not bargaining in good faith. You know, th- that's an insult. And, and so, like, to me, the, the, the word that keeps coming back to me is stupid. You know, and now I'm sitting here listening to these guys who have done so much, like J.D. Martinez, basically begging 
to stick around for a few months. And, and your point, Brian, which is the thing that I think is really important, is I have lost faith in High and Bloom's ability to, to pull off a deal. Um, and, and what we're going to get back on that deal. I mean, at this point, I would much rather, you know, keep these guys and see if something can happen. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, really, because you really got to, you know, they're not going to go anywhere. But, I mean, I, I almost like I, it's almost like I don't trust them to get anything back anyway. So why not just play out the string and see what happens next year? I, I just um, I'm just really frustrated, especially, and you know, on a day when Bill Russell died. I mean, it, it really puts mm-hmm. things in perspective because, you know, Bill Russell played at a time when, when, when athletes weren't revered the way they are now that he faced, you know, he did so much to, you know, I mean, next to, next to Jackie Robinson, there was nobody who, who did more to sort of advance, you know, the, the rights of all Americans athletics and, and all that than, than, than Bill Russell. And, you know, he, he was Muhammad Ali before Muhammad Ali. I mean, uh, you know, but, you know, to, you know, so to think about what, what athletes in the past had to go through and then, you know, to kind of, mm-hmm. Look at the way the game is. It's just, it's just. I'm just. It's. I'm angry. I'm angry yeah. and stupid. I'm with you, Jeff. I don't trust I'm with you. you know. No, I'm. Mean, no, I'm. I'm listening to you. Like you're getting me fired up every time I hear you. So anyway, <laughs> um, you know, let's hope. I don't yeah. even know what to hope for. I don't even know what to hope for at this. I know point, it's but, it's very confusing, Jeff. I appreciate the call, my friend. It's very confusing to get a read on High and Bloom, but Jeff brings up a really good point. It is sad to see Xander Bogarts, who wants to be here long-term. J.D. Martinez obviously doesn't want to get traded. Nathan Avaldi doesn't want to get traded. And Rich Hill, to a lesser extent, because he just got here. I factor in those three guys that are World Series champions with this team more than Rich Hill, and they're all better players. But my point about that is these guys all want to be with the organization. And the guy running the team, it seems like he doesn't want them. Like with the Bogarts situation, to Jeff's point, the contract offer prior to the season, one additional year, at $30 million that would have paid him less on an annual average basis than Trevor's story. I mean, come on, stop. You know, he's not going to sign that. That's unbelievable. I still, every time I think about that, it's an absolute joke. Okay. And here's the other thing from a baseball perspective. Heimblum's all about long-term sustainability. I want to know what the plan with, with he is going to, with the Bogarts is going to be. I want to know what that plan is going to be. So, if you're not trading them, which they came out and they said they're not trading them, if they trade them now, it's going to be a horrible look for the organization. But if you're not trading them, are you signing them in the offseason? Do you have some sort of wink-wink deal that you're going to agree on now? Because clearly you were far apart before. So if you don't have a deal done with Xander Bogarts, then what was the point of keeping him around on a team that's under 500 right now? 617-779-7937, the number. And let me be abundantly clear. I want Bogarts here. I want them to resign him. But I'm just looking at this from the lens of Heim Bloom. Let's get to Mark at a car. What's up, Mark? Hey, how you doing, Brian? Good. Okay. So I don't even know where to start, but I could say this. Um, if they you talk about, first of all, I agree with the guy before me that uh, High and Bloom doesn't, I don't think he knows what talent is or not. But they talk about, okay, they get rid of JD or they get rid of Vasquez. Who's going to catch? Who's going to be the number one catcher? <laughs> I know, why, Connor Wong, I guess. Replace the guy with the, say again? I guess Connor Wong. <laughs> yeah, right. So the I thing mean, is, why is nobody talking about, I'm talking about maybe, and I mentioned this to the producer, what about a package deal? What about getting rid of somebody like Jaron Duran? He's no center fielder. He can't hit. He oh, has he's no horrible. arm. He's not, well, that's the problem. Like, I don't know who would athletic. want that guy. I don't know who would want that guy. Right, well, well, what about getting rid of some of the Deadwood, like Daubeck or uh, – Jared Duran or some of these pitchers, and by the way, talk about frustration. Name a pitcher who hasn't broken down this year. From Sale all the way down to 
who knows what number. They got yeah, a Hill, Walker, they got they've a all got hurt. Back. Yeah. Right. Everybody's breaking down. Don't they know how to sign somebody that can last through the whole season? So Well, I think part of that, too, is, I think part of that is these guys were overtaxed. Michael Walker is a guy that's had an injury history. Remember, he threw a complete game earlier this season. He threw a lot of innings because the Red Sox did not trust their bullpen. Same thing can be said about Nathan Evaldi and Nick Pavetta had... He made 19 starts prior to the All-Star break this year. He only made 18 prior to the All-Star break last year, and he threw way more pitches. So I think a lot of it is they don't trust the bullpen. They tried to ride out these starters more because the bullpen was such a liability. So I don't think it's a coincidence that these guys are hurt. Plus, Bloom signs guys with Waka has an injury history, and Rich Hill's like 78 years old. So, I mean, those things happen. Right. Well, I was going to mention one more thing, and that is that um, when the Sox got rid of Nomar, who was the guy that they replaced him with and they won the World Series with? And he was great. And I never understood why they got rid of that guy because then they went looking Cabrera. for a shortstop and they couldn't get one. So they had well, Julio yeah. Lugo and the guy from the Cardinals. But they had a yeah, shortstop Renteria. right there. So, right. So why did they get rid of the guy who replaced Nomar? He was good. Why did yeah, they Orlando Cabrera. Guy? Orlando Cabrera, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I pre- right. Yeah. So why did they... It's the same situation. They're gonna. And by the way, how do you think they'd do if they had Renfro and Schwarber on the team this year? Think oh, that was a bad weekend. That that was a horrible weekend for Bloom. The fact that the guys here hitting two home runs off your team that was embarrassing. That's a horrible look for Heim Bloom. There's no way around it. I mean, I, I don't you think. And he, I appreciate the call, Mark. I appreciate the call. I I don't think a guy could have a worse week from an executive perspective. I don't know how anybody could have a worse week than Heim Bloom did. Think about everything that happened this week with Heim Bloom. First of all. You have Franchi Cordero making three errors in the field in one game. Three errors because, first of all, he came into the season with a horrible plan at first base. Franchi, he's playing outfield at the minor league level. They're going to get him to play first base again. He makes three errors in one game. The same week that Andrew Benintendi, who he traded, Franchi was part of that deal with Josh Winkowski. I get it. De La Rosa's in the deal as well. We'll see what that guy is long term. But my point is that the guy that you traded and brought in Franchi for, Andrew Benintendi, is on the New York Yankees now. And then Hunter Renfro, a guy you traded away, hit two home runs against your team this week. And I can understand the Hunter Renfro trade in a vacuum. I'm fine with it. But the problem was you didn't go out there and actually get a starting outfielder. That's the problem I had with it. If you're not going to sign Renfro long term and you don't want him here, fine. He was a flawed player. Okay? But if that's the case, then you need to do something in terms of getting a real outfielder. And Heimblum did not do it. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Mike. Mike is in Connecticut. Mike, what's up? Brian, what's up, buddy? You know, when you think about it, it really is amazing. They were really, never mind two games, they were a bad strike all the way by that idiot, Las Diaz, to the World Series. So how, when when you really think about this, how could he go into the offseason when they were so close and not improve the team? Like you said, but that ship has sailed, Brian. We got to live for today. You're right. They'll look even stupider than they already are. So they're going to have to keep Bogarts now. They can't trade him. But really, Brian, everybody else that they can trade have to go. They're not going nowhere. The team is terrible. Um, Martinez has to go. You can get somebody for Vasquez. He's a good catcher. And if he wants to come back, he'll come back. But yeah, you tra- like the Chapman thing, like the Chapman situation yes. where they traded Chapman and they brought him back. The Yankees did. Yeah. I mean, look, that could happen. Right. The, the one thing I'll say this, though, Mike, I understand your point, especially from a pragmatic viewpoint, watching this team play every day, seeing yes. that they're not very good right now. I totally understand where you're coming from. The only thing that aggravates me is they shouldn't be in this position. 
They shouldn't be here. And that needs no, to be acknowledged. Not, like, yeah. And that needs to be acknowledged this week when the Red Sox, yes. if they ultimately trade J.D. and they ultimately trade Nathan Evaldi, it needs to be pointed out and it needs to continue to be pointed out that Bloom screwed this thing up. Bloom screwed this up. No right. way around it. And he deserves a lot of blame you for this. You know what's He's the biggest thing you got to make, Brian? He's over his head. He, you know, this is too big a market for him. Um, they got to bring Epstein back. He's got to be bored. He, he was here the other <laughs> he day. He was here the other he night. Got, <laughs> yeah, that would be bring, awesome. You got to bring yeah, that, Theo back. He's I mean, a, that's the best guy to ever do it. Fan. I mean, come on. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you bring Theo back. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's driving home to the airport. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, Brian, that this Martinez, you know, he's still in love with Friedman, the Dodgers. He might give Martinez away and, and try trade for Fernando Valenzuela, who ain't even playing no more. I mean, this is a joke with this guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're not kidding. I appreciate the call, Mike, as always. Yeah. Hey, uh, Andrew, it's Heim. Oh, great, Heim. Okay, I'm going to take all your players. Give me all the players you have that are good right now, and I'm going to give you nothing in return. Okay, that sounds good, Andrew. Let's do it. Like, kind of like the Mookie trade. Can we do that again? I mean, unbelievable. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until 6 o'clock. So if you do want to weigh in, how much blame does Bloom deserve for where this team's at right now? Are you irritated with where the Red Sox are? And do you want them to trade these guys? We'll get to it next here on EI. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. All right, so some updates on the Red Sox here. So Chris Smith tweets out that Christian Vasquez said he has not discussed a contract extension with the Red Sox during the season. He's trying not to think too much about the potential of being traded. Chris Cotillo on Twitter. Sources, catching prospect Ronaldo Hernandez will travel with the Red Sox to Houston on the taxi squad. So he will be available in case a move is made. So Christian Vasquez very much in the mix as we approach the trading deadline with that news from Chris Cotillo that Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo Hernandez is traveling with the team on the taxi squad. Chris Smith also tweeting, Matt Barnes headed to Houston with the Red Sox. He'll be activated or could be activated, I should say, against the Astros. <laughs> Great. Matt Barnes back. Bullpen's going to be saved now. Let's get to Tony and Weymouth. Hey, Tony. Hey, good afternoon. Um, Brian, you, you, you have been spot on. Uh, everything you've said, you, you're right on the money, and I like how you just get right to the point about this ball club. It's absolutely a disgrace, really. And when you look at the situation with what you were saying about Betts and then, you know, Ben Benintendi, you know, th- those plays they had in, in 2018, well, shame on the Red Sox, you know, for blowing up that team because, you know something, not only did they win the World Series, okay, all right, which was amazing, right? But And you saw Ben Benintendi out in the outfield, the things he was doing and at the plate. The guy's a clutch player, you know. And the thing is, to, to put salt in the wound, Brian, I couldn't believe it the other day when the Yankees picked him up. It was like, it was like, just like, Spiking the ball on us or something, Brian. I don't know. What did you feel about that? You know. Yeah. Well, think about it. They're going to get more out of your player from your 2018 World Series team than anybody you got back in the trade. So your biggest rival is getting more value from Andrew Benintendi than the Red Sox have gotten over the past two seasons since trading him. They've gotten no value from Winkowski was fine today. Congratulations, but he has not been good basically all month. And Franchi sucks. So that's that's what you've gotten for Benintendi, and now he's going to be playing for the New York Yankees. Right, right, absolutely, and you know something like they're um, and then you know to top all that off, 
Um, the, the starting pitching in the bullpen is so inconsistent. You don't know who's going to show up when they take the mound. Like, it, you don't know what, whether they're going to – you're holding your breath. Are they going to blow this one? You're just waiting for the roof to cave in every single game. I mean, and this, this guy, Bloom, he's over his head. I mean, I, I want Wisdom Broski. Get him back here. I mean, I don't have nothing against him. I mean, he helped him win a title. You know, I mean, yeah, I, this I mean, guy's like, over his head, Brian, you know? Yeah, Tony, I mean, the stuff that was said about Dave Dombrowski, the stuff that's out there about Dave Dombrowski in terms of the takes people had were just idiotic. I mean, the whole idea, oh, oh Dave yeah. Dombrowski gutted the farm system. No, he didn't. He traded away Michael right, Kopech no. and Yoan Moncada for Chris yeah. Sale. You do that 15 times yeah. out of 10. And he told them, you can't have Rafi and you can't have Benintendi or we don't have a deal. He traded Manuel Margot for Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. He traded Jalen Beeks for Nathan Avaldi. He killed it in terms of those trades. He picked out the guys that he didn't need long-term, and he got stuff back. Now, if you want to argue that he didn't build up the farm system, fine. But the panic of 2019 right, no. is just a joke. I mean, people oh, are complaining ridiculous. about the Steve Pierce contract. Yeah. He got one year at five mil. Who cares? Right. Who cares? Right. Like, I mean, you know, get over Brian, it. Brian, you... you, you you, you got a world. The bottom line is, you got a World Series ring. You got another Bina. I mean, right. how can anyone argue with that? When you win a championship, you win a championship, and you want to blow yeah. a team up like that. And, and you know, and and really, and what you said earlier, with, when Benintendi and Betts, but that was a hell of an outfield. I I just can't believe they they let him. They you just got to pay Mookie Betts. I mean. You're not going to see the Yankees uh, let Judge go anywhere. They're going to pay him. Don't worry. I mean, they're all classing the Red Sox as far as their front office big time. It's scary. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, and Bloom's supposed to be this unbelievable guy in terms of building bullpens, yeah. right? That was like part of the yeah. thought process when you brought him here because that's what they did in Tampa all the time. Yeah. That has been not oh. true at all. In fact, Dave Dombrowski oh. built better bullpens than Hein Bloom. I mean, the numbers are there. And I hey, appreciate the call. His right. line's open. If his line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Think about the, the Heimblum bullpens. 16 through 19, the Red Sox had a 375 ERA in the pen. That was sixth. Heimblum era, 448. That's 23rd. Opponents batting average, 230, 16 through 19 with Dave D. Fifth in baseball with Bloom, 248, 27th. The whip, 129 with Dombrowski, 10th. With Bloom, 142, 27th. Dave Dombrowski built a really good bullpen because you know what he did? This crazy concept. He said, hey, I'm going to get one of the best closers in the game, and I'm not worrying about my closer situation for the next three years. That's exactly what he did. He traded for Kimbrell. This guy's looking for anybody that's got any sort of slider and sticking him in there. Let's get to Ken. He's in California. Hey, Ken. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, a, a couple things uh, for Hein Bloom. Maybe you can ask him next time he's on. Uh, number one, has he checked the box score with Schwarber and Renfro? <laughs> only, 50, only 52 home runs. 52. Well, he had to, well, he had to have seen Renfro today, Ken, and yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the well, other Well, Ken, thing hold is, on, hold on. To be fair, though, hold on, Ken. To be fair, don't worry. He is more worried about the end of the radar, guys, okay? Worry about that. That's what he's worried about. Yeah, well, and, and here's the <laughs> other thing. How come Tampa loses their catcher? Their center fielder, their shortstop for extended, extended periods of time. They keep winning. Why? Because they might not really. I mean, Tampa bit. Tampa's been playing really poor baseball, Ken, for a while. Yeah, but how many games have that means that we've played awful baseball because there's still what well, who, four and a half teams ahead no, of us. Nobody's disputing that. Who was disputing that? Well, I'll tell you. You know. And, and my son said to me the other day, we were talking about Renfro, and he said as soon as Renfro made the comment that the Red Sox are not following the COVID protocols, he looked at me, he said, he's gone. Guess what? He's gone. 
No, I don't think that's what it you is. Can I appreciate? No, well, Ken, I appreciate the call, but that's not what it was. It, it It's not about that COVID comedy made last year when he was on the afternoon show. That's not what it's about. It's the fact that there's a lot of – he – if you look at him last year, remember, people were all complaining about him in the postseason. They didn't want to sign him long-term. That's fine. I don't have an issue with moving on from Renfio, Renfro in a vacuum. I don't have a problem with the trade in the vacuum. I have a problem with if you're going to let that guy go who hit 30 home runs for you, you got to replace him, and they have done nothing in terms of replacing him. They got Jackie Bradley Jr. back, but you needed to get a guy that could play every day out in the outfield, and you didn't do it. It's great. You got Alec Vanellis a prospect and all that. I'm all for that. But what you didn't do is you looked more about the long term for this organization, and he did not do enough. He ignored the major league ramifications of the Renfro trade. That's what he didn't do. He didn't factor in his major league ball club when he made that trade. Let's get to Phil in New Bedford. Hey, Phil. Hey, Brian. Hey, every day, I'm not sure if Remdog Nation appreciates this, but your gloom-doom update segments, sometimes they're spot on, sometimes they're just hysterical. <laughs> and you and I talked about in the third weekend in April when they were wrapping up the series with uh, Tampa Bay about the total disrespect to Bogey and how it was going to affect the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. It ended up happening. I wish it didn't it happen. Did. And he, if he filled two of the three things, I think you might – Today, in the beginning of the day, you mentioned the outfield first, the uh, bullpen, and then first base. If he fulfilled two of those places with a decent, consistent player, we wouldn't be where we're at now, short of a major yeah. injury to any of them. Yeah, he missed on all three. He missed on all three of those those areas. It's unbelievable. I mean, his incompetence hey, hey. Is, is almost impressive. Something tells me in the last couple of weeks, you're not going to be on Heim Bloom's $5 Hallmark Christmas card list this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're I don't going, think... my friend. <laughs> All right, oh yeah, I don't think I'm getting any card from High Bloom. Hey, I I tried to back him a couple of times. Some of the moves he made, but you cannot back anything he does right now. I mean, that guy's approval rating has got to be at its nadir. I mean, that is a. You, I mean, you can't argue that he's done a good job. There's no way to look at this objectively and say he's done a good job with the major league team. He ignored it. Unfortunate to a bunch of champions. Their general manager, who wasn't here when they won a championship, they need to impress him instead of him impressing them. He's won nothing. They've won a championship. All right, thanks to Jackson for producing. I'll be back with you tomorrow after the Sox and the Astros. Have a great rest of your weekend. Everybody be safe and be well. Original.